Soil is foundational to agriculture and so much more. As novelist and farmer Wendell Berry puts it, the soil is the great connector of lives, the source and destination of all. He adds, without proper care for it, we can have no community, because without proper care for it, we can have no life. Stay tuned as we're about to take an in-depth look at this essential part of keeping agriculture strong for generations to come. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture. I'm your host, Jim Morris, with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. I'm visiting with Cody Hatzenbuehler, agronomist and owner of Pan Ag. Cody has a Bachelor of Applied Science from Dickinson State, home of the Blue Hawks. Thanks for your time, Cody. Good morning. You work in Mandan, North Dakota, which has a slogan, Where the West Begins. Can you tell me a little bit about Mandan? It is centered right in North Dakota, right in the middle. So it's divided by prairies and then our glacier till soils towards the east. So western North Dakota is generally where I like to service my customers, my producers. Um, it's half rangeland, half cropland. Um, we have a dry climate a lot of times, um, heat in the summertime, cold in the winter. The crops up in our region, when we first Settled the land was more small grains up in there, the wheat, oats, and barley. The last 25 years, you know, we introduced some corn. Um, the ethanol plants started, so we introduced more corn. Soybeans came around for some varieties that we can start growing. How does Pan Ag help farmers succeed in your area? Well, we're a little bit different than the big boys and that stuff is, you know, I'm out there trying to find solutions for farmers. Um, you know, a better chemical, different fertilizer, better usage. Um, soil health is, is a passion of mine and trying to keep that biology going with non, a lot of this non-commercial fertilizers. And before we get more into those specifics, I want to get a little more of your background. How long has your family been in agriculture in North Dakota? I've been raised on a fifth-generation farm. Um, we came over from Germany in 1902, so as of today, it will be 120 years farming the ground that my great-great-great-grandfather's farmed. That's awesome, and as a consumer, I say thank you. Let's talk a little bit briefly about North Dakota. I suspect few people know much about North Dakota, so let's get this out of the way first. How cold does it get? It'll get down to the negative 50 for at least a good two weeks. So let's talk about the positives about it, because your family's been there a long time, and that is awfully cold. So what? tell me about the beauty of North Dakota. Every region has their uniqueness and everything, and we still have the small towns, and you know we have the bigger towns, but not the million population towns. Summertime is beautiful. Everybody comes up here all the time. Winter times, it's, it's like, you know, normal stuff. You know, we, we keep going. And when that spring comes around, April 1st, we're, I think everybody's itching to get into that dirt and, you know, smell everything again. And let's push forward again this year with all the battles that we have. It has been a challenging year, and I suspect the near future is going to be challenging as well. So let's get into the soil a little bit. You have a very long history with soil, including at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, working with a natural resource management area. So what did that entail? Over them 16 years that I did, I was more of a soil health specialist in that area, um, teaching farmers 
about the biology of the soil. Um, trying to protect the soil from wind and water erosion on that sort and trying to keep that resource available for the next generation. I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but when you look at land stewardship, first of all, how serious do you feel the growers take that? They all take a part of it to their heart still. They know it's not their land. It's it's the next generations. To be a farmer and be in agriculture, we must have been born with that blood because we, we go through a lot of tough times and a lot of great times. And farmers have to do a lot of things right to make it from year to year. And soil health is rather critical. And I suspect that's where in your past life and in your current life, that's where you come in and you can help them make the right decisions to help their crops now and help their soil in the future, right? Correct. Can you elaborate a little bit on some of the ways you can help them do that? The last eight years, it's we mostly always hit about that 10% of the farmers is is what we're going for. And it's always something new, you know, is, is that 10%. And just looking out in the market, looking at different companies, and I like to find new products that we can change the methods of applying fertilizers more efficient. The you know 4600 nitrogen the phosphorus you know we've been applying this for like 40 years 50 years plus already and looking onto these new companies like redox you know we can apply less and more efficient ways of fertilizer that the plant can use and uptake is that message well received there's a lot of risk in agriculture specifically and i imagine it does take a little convincing for some producers is that message being heard in agriculture do you feel just the inflation of fertilizers of our old past inputs are going up so high that when we go out with producers they're actually looking at us more and trying to see the benefit and try it and you know if they see that that growth the next year you know they're they'll apply it to you know 90 percent of their farm or 100 percent but you know everybody doesn't jump in right away 100 percent but you know they'll try it 25% of their ground first and see what's out there and if they like it. The one thing that I like is I like to be boots on the ground. Going out there, showing them the roots, showing them the infiltration of them plants, showing, you know, tissue testing during the season, showing them where that nutrients are actually flowing into the system and uptaking. And we also have to worry about Mother Nature always on that half, but every year's a is always a different year and another challenge. These products, they work. You know, in North Dakota, we're, we're farming on 12 to 14 inches of rain, and if we get seven, you know, that's half the rain. So we have to, we have to use these fertilizers and everything more efficient and try to get that plant in as much as possible. That, you know, if, if we do get a three-inch rain, at least it's not going down the river. Wide variety of, of products that can be used, different soil types, different crops that are grown. So this may be a difficult question, but are there a few of the Redox products that you think shine in this kind of an environment that we're in? We've been using a lot of the calcium products, the silica products we introduced this year in the growing season for heat stress, because in July we always are, are heat stressing. The trials that we were doing up in North Dakota looked very promising this year on what they were doing actually in July on, on the silica part. The soybean part, we were using the micro package and on all the fields that I could see and watching on the farmers that I used it on, you know, it kept everything green. 
it, it was the plan was uptaking the nutrients what they needed. You hit on abiotic stress, which has been talked about a lot in agriculture far and wide. How critical of an issue has that been recently with climate volatility, things of that nature? It's funny because, you know, you talk to these old farmers and everything. It's like, when's the norm coming back and everything? And it's like, I've been in this industry for 25 years and I really haven't seen a norm yet. If we have the sub moisture is in North Dakota, that's that's the first thing that we bank on. And we have a little bit of joy for is some sub moisture. And we've been getting some a little bit of rain in the fall again. And hopefully we, we're going to pray for snow because that's what saved us in 2022 this year was a snow that we had in March and April that brought these crops out of the drought and into a good harvest that we had this year. Given all that volatility that we've been talking about, how important is it to be as efficient as possible? Every year we are getting more efficient. I'm just going to put a little history on it. You know, the last 10 years we started GPS and everybody said that wasn't going to take off. But honestly, GPS started our efficiency on that part. So we have the technology there to put the fertilizers now, the chemicals on precisely to this spot. And I don't think it's going to change. I think we're going to be more efficient every year and every year and every year. Everything has a price value and we have to keep that food as cheap as possible for everybody in the United States plus the world. The consumers put a lot of stress, I think, on all the agriculture industries because we have to produce more products, food, on the land that we have and every year we're losing one percent of our farmland to you know growth on urban and businesses and that stuff so it's going to be pre pre precise we can't waste any of these fertilizers no more you know the old fertilizers you know we were we're losing 50 percent of it from up to the air and down in the water so with all these new technologies you know again these are wonderful products and reasonable products for these producers to use less. And we don't have to truck so much. We have very few farmers. They're essential. We have many consumers. In fact, everyone is a consumer, and they're essential too. But what do consumers not particularly understand about land stewardship in America when it comes to agriculture? There's a lot of moving parts in agriculture from step one all the way to everybody's supper plate with their families at night. I stay up a lot of times and try to think about that too, how to communicate to everybody. I think everybody wants to do that, but it's it's one of those lost talents. It's 1% of us that are, are fighting for this production and food, and we got to get out there somehow and uh, get people involved more. I believe your passion Every small step we can take to educating the consumer base is critical. Growers need a foundation to go on, especially now with all the volatility. So how important is it for growers to know that what they're going to put in their fields is really going to do the trick for them? That's the part that I like with our industry. I opened up the company Panag to get to the local producers in my area and the surrounding area of North Dakota. And I do a lot of research, a lot of talking to other states on people that are using Redox and other products like that. I'm not a corporation. I'm trying to save them money and try to use this product more efficient that they don't have to use so much 
also. Tell me how it makes you feel when your customers, when those in agriculture succeed. It's the farm boy in me, you know, it's, I didn't have enough acres to farm on my side, so it looks like I got to help out all my neighbors and more of the other guys to walk their land and show them what's going on and trying to make that extra bushel count. Thanks so much for your time, Cody. Thank you, sir. So that will wrap up this episode. Please subscribe, help spread the word on this podcast. You can find out more at redoxgrows.com. And we really appreciate our time today with Cody Hatson-Buehler. Thanks for listening.